headphones, so I, I just listened to the radio. It was awesome. <laughs> I drove the shit out of that thing. But probably, we got it almost new. I put 150,000 miles on it Jeez. before I sold it. Yeah. I drove that thing everywhere. Beat the hell out of it. Well, Camry. Jessica's Camry has been from New Mexico to Germany to Arizona and now to Tennessee. Her Prius? No, Jessica Beaches Camry. She oh. has a Camry. Oh. She bought it in New Mexico. It went to Germany? It went to Germany when she lived in Germany. She took it with her? Yeah. That's, that's why they bought it. That's a lot of work. And, no, the military ships it for free. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And then it went back to Arizona and now it lives in Tennessee. Wow. And it, yeah. So Mr. Alex is gone. Mm-hmm. But good news is we have Nikki subbing in on today's internal podcast. Here I am. Did you get anything on Slack this morning or nothing? I got one from Ashley. Oh, cool. All right. Great. We're trying to... This is still kind of the leftover format. We're trying to depart and we're trying to go to more of a... Today, we're going to talk about this topic. Yeah. But I don't think we're quite there yet. I think we just have questions for today. Yeah. What's going on in BuildWit in general these days? For me? Mm-hmm. Uh, all the things. We've got um, all of the leaders trying to sort through utilizing internal resources and filling roles where we can and making sure that we're using everybody's talents like to the best of their abilities, um, which has created a lot of conversation and cross collaboration between the leaders, which has been great. Um, And so I get to be part of that and like facilitating some of that. So that's fun. Um, We just finished up the first round of performance management. And so Marisa and I get to go through and really nail down like those responses and reach out to certain people and reach out to leaders and managers um, based on responses there. So that's also been really fun to see like some answers on did that, that. Did that go well? Have you looked at enough of it to know? Yeah. If it went yeah. Well? So we had like an 85% response rate on time. Wow. Yeah. It was great. Um, and then we had a couple trickle in afterwards after the date, but it lets you do that. Um, but 85% by the due date was phenomenal for our first round of it, wow. for sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, great feedback. And I've seen some leaders and some managers do some one-on-one sessions based on the performance management um, answers that they got. So that was great, too. Um, I walk by and I'm like, yes, y'all are actually utilizing this. This is great. That's fantastic. Um, and so I always, if I notice that's what they're doing, I'm like, stick my head in the frame and I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the um, whole develop through X people thing's been a little nebulous for yeah. four years now. It's a great principle if you create a process to actually allow it to. Right. Actually, like form. Yeah, form. Yeah. And we're getting there, which is exciting. Getting there for sure. Huh. Yeah. So it's been um, it's been a busy few weeks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of people moving around, too. Yeah. I, that's and it's exciting to me because we do have to just sit down and really think about what people's gifts, skills, abilities are. We need to be resourceful. And exactly. it's all going to shake out in a really nice fashion, I think. Yeah, I agree with that for yeah. sure. Yeah, Just that's... figuring out what suits each person on our team and how we can utilize their abilities and across the board. We had a value award winner today, too. We I did. Just yeah, it was Alex Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure any of us in Nashville are surprised by that because we're with him all the time. But um, yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Love him. What was he nominated for? He was nominated. He had four nominations for Lighten Up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his fifth one was Be a Friend. I would have to look. But I know his four were Lighten Up, um, the first four. 
So not surprising. Yeah, not surprising at all. <laughs> if you work with Alex or if you're in the Nashville office yeah. <laughs> like we are all the time, uh, it makes a lot of sense. He's almost one of those people. He's he's in such a good mood all the time. That's almost frustrating. <laughs> it's like, why are you always happy? Why are you so happy 24 <laughs> seven? How do you do this? <laughs> he is, though. You're not wrong. Yeah. Always yeah. happy. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, well congrats, good. Alex. I know this is coming out later, but that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Super exciting. That was Chili's gift that. card will be in the mail. Oh, for the love of these Chili's gift cards. <laughs> Chili's. See the group that Get went this man to a Chili's gift card. <laughs> the group that went to Chili's on there. Oh, was, it was it Chell and Angel? Uh, it was, oh, it was I think, AV, AV, Jake, yeah. and Angel. Angel while they're in Chicago. Oh, for the love. Visiting Milburn and doing DCA. Yeah, I I joke about Chili's all the time, but I, I hate Chili's. Chili's is my, um, my arch nemesis. Why? It's just, it, it stands against everything I believe in. If you get a menu with pictures of the food on it, that's not a good sign. It's a bad place. But uh, my argument to that is that you eat Chipotle and they have like bowls just like Chipotle does. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Chipotle, fast food, Chili's, sit down. So automatically you have to spend more time at Chili's. I don't <laughs> want to spend time at Chili's. And then Chipotle, you can at least, you can customize your meal. So you can do Chipotle pretty damn healthy well okay that's fair like really really healthy that's if you're fair. thinking about it or really unhealthy if you're thinking about it in the other way yeah but chilies it's just not my thing i haven't been to a chilies in probably over a year it's just i don't really it's not my first choice for sure i'm I've, like eh. i've been there maybe once in my life oh yeah okay well i I've grew done. i grew up we ate at like local restaurants and yeah. there, there's this local restaurant chain. Now it's a chain Fox restaurants. They actually have 1230 club. That's oh. theirs here in town now. Uh, but we would go to their restaurants a lot. And there's Phoenix. Phoenix has some fantastic food, which I totally took for granted growing up. <laughs> totally took for granted. But uh, yeah, we would never go to the chains or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I would say I would argue my thing is like I've lived in Nashville all but four years of my life, literally born and raised here. And I am just now discovering like the local, the local places in Nashville to go. Yeah. Which is funny because I've lived here my whole life, but it wasn't a huge deal then. There's some good food here, but my qualm with the food is it's all so heavy. It's because like, you're in the South. I don't want 2,000 calories for every single meal. I want just, well, what about a kale salad? How hard is what that? What about a kale salad? Like, you're in Nashville. Like, throw me a bone. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. But it's like everywhere you go, everything is so damn heavy. You're everything. right. It's, yeah, it's a lot of carbs. Yeah, a lot of, it's yeah, just, you're it's right. hard to, like you go argue. to California or Arizona, it's so easy to eat healthy. So easy. Which is why everybody's looking good. Right. You go to LA, like everybody looks amazingly good because all they have is healthy food and all LA. they have is kale in LA <laughs> yeah so by definition you get a bunch of good-looking people whereas in the south mm, eh, it's questionable uh, we have to work at it <laughs> uh, the Popeye's drive-thru is pretty packed um, oh gosh all right what do we have for questions today I guess so we've got um, a couple of questions first one comes from our core value winner Alex, and he says, as we continue to scale and grow and try to reduce cash burn, is getting an office with more space still a priority? Uh, we might have answered this already. I feel like we answered this one. We did answer this. Yeah. yeah so we've already answered that one on the podcast. Oh, well, yeah. okay. Uh, next one. We've had a few long-term partners move on from BuildWit recently. What are the common themes in those scenarios? And is there something we as a company could be doing to keep that from happening in the future? 
This is a great one. This is a great one. Really, really good one. Yeah. So, um, our initial model was go find the most forward-thinking companies in the industry. And they were forward-thinking if they're working with us by definition because marketing was still a very new concept right. in the dirt world and yeah. still is a very new concept. Very new. Yeah. We haven't really cracked that nut all that much. We've We've made a lot of progress, but we're still... There's still a lot of room to run. Find the 40, 50 companies across the United States that didn't compete with one another, God forbid. God forbid. And help them make make them successful and turn them into the future of the industry. Right. The problem is we uh, you can't go make the dirt world a better place working with 50 companies mm-hmm. because there's 100,000 companies. Right. It just mathematically doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. No. So we we recognize that we need to go beyond that. So we we created Build It Leaders. We got into training. Let's go work with as many companies, ideally every company in the industry in some capacity. Right. And that started to cause us to reevaluate the partner model mm-hmm. because we're trying to get all these companies to think as a team, that's the only way we're going to go make the dirt world a better place. Right. But then we're reinforcing the bad habits of the industry by saying we won't re- work with your competitors. It, it, it goes against what we believe in and what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. The partner model. So it worked and got us here. But just because it got us here doesn't mean it's going to get us any further. Are our partners important? Are, is services critical? Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't yeah. diminish the value of services to the big picture, as I've explained. But the partner model itself is flawed. And we somewhat need to rethink it and reevaluate it, which is what we're doing right now. Yeah. So I can't necessarily speak to what it's going to look like or end up as right now because I feel like it's still getting shaken out. Mm -hmm. But what we've learned is we're really, really good at coming into a company, helping with the rebranding, helping define the culture, define the values, define their mission, get people excited, talk talk about their story, put them on a national stage. And, and get the word out about these companies. We're really good at that. We're really good at getting the momentum moving, which is agree. the hardest part. Yeah, yeah you were. You, I was there. You were there. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> but then after that, we're not that good. We're not as good. We're, we're still good. Still good. But we're not as as good. And that's because we, we really shouldn't be as good. We, we should get the ball rolling and then it should be on them to go carry that forward and go tell that story. Right. Because if we're holding their hand the whole time, we're doing them a disservice, I think. Yeah. We don't outsource our marketing for a reason. Right. I don't want another marketing company doing our our work. No. And so I think a, a company could help us if we didn't have a marketing company get started, but that should be on us. And that needs to be on each one of these companies to carry forward. Right. So... I think where we're going is I don't think we need to ask ourselves, how do we prevent this from happening? I think this is where our model goes is companies hire us to get momentum going, to get them into a great place. And then they take that and they carry it forward. Right. They they sustain it. That's it. And yeah. that's like my conversation with Dylan and Rosso. He's like, hey, we you know, we, we helped them hire someone full time for marketing. Yep. They're doing great. They have everything they need right now. They don't really need us, which is the point. That's the point. Yeah, I know. (laughs) We have had this conversation where it's like we're not doing our jobs if they if they need us to hold their hands the whole way through the process. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so now this opens up us to go talk right now. We're talking to Jones Brothers, the big (laughs) company in town to go work with them, which I think is I think is beneficial for everybody. It's amazing for sure. It's one of the largest right in Middle Tennessee. I think by far the biggest. Yeah. Um, 
And so then that door has been closed for three, four years since we've been working with Rosso. Right. But the whole Middle Tennessee market will benefit from all of the companies getting better. Exactly. Because that's that's we're, we're not competing with one another as an industry. We're competing with other industries. Yeah. And that's what people in the world in the dirt world can't really see right now. They don't get it. Yeah. So that's kind of my explanation is, yeah, we, we, we have lost some longstanding partners. Um, I think it's it's a good thing. I think it's somewhat proving mm-hmm. our it's proving future our model. Purpose. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I think that's where we'll eventually head from a a services standpoint. Now there will be some companies that will just indefinitely work with us, and and we can provide a lot of ongoing services like right. SEO and stuff that they wouldn't necessarily want to do internally all the time. Yeah. So I'm generalizing, but that said, we're Dan and I are not stressing about losing a Rosso or a Sargent because we think that's indicative of where we need to go. Right. That's a very positive thing. We've done our job and now they're moving on. And now they can keep going. Exactly. And now we can go help other companies. Um, and I, when this happened, I told Jason, like, hey, Jason, just make sure you, you uh, reiterate our sense of calm and confidence about this because I heard Rosso's out. I'm like, yeah, I, I was actually expecting this for quite a while yeah. now. Like we knew it was coming. <laughs> it's not a problem. Right. And we have, I see all the other companies knocking on our door right now. There's plenty of work there. So we'll be good to go from a work standpoint. Yeah. That was a great question. Great question. And a great answer. I feel like that covered all of the bases. Yeah. And we're, we're like I said, we're not 100% <laughs> as far as what the model looks like going forward, but it's going to be, we can work with anybody. We get people going, we build that momentum and mm-hmm. then allow them to go, um, focus on on what they want to go focus on or we just subsidize their current marketing efforts right these bigger companies they do have marketing departments like an emory sap and sons Mm -hmm. but they bring us on for these projects that they don't want to divert internal resources for like their website yeah makes perfect sense perfect perfect project for us to do yeah awesome yeah um we had one more question let's see Can we chat about the seasonal layoffs and what the experiences and common choices are there? What's it like on both sides? I'm assuming seasonal layoffs for the industry. Yes. Not us. (laughs) Yeah. So the build with seasonal layoffs trick, no seasonal layoffs. Um, So seasonal layoffs in the dirt world, the dirt world in a lot of places is seasonal. I did not understand this because I grew up in Arizona. Mm -hmm. There's no seasonality. There's no season. (laughs) (laughs) No. You move dirt year round. And it's, it's honestly, in my opinion, one of the best places to work in the country. I think anybody that's one of our partners that's talked to Randy or anybody out of Phoenix would agree with that. It's a, <laughs> They're it's all a jealous. good place. Yeah. It, and it's it's competitive. And Randy will say it's not all fairy tales and rainbows, I'm sure. But it's a great place to work. However, there's a lot of other places in the country. Nashville, kind of, but not really. It's more so up north when you get into weather. Yeah. When everything freezes. Freezing right. is really the problem. Snow, kind of, but it's the freezing of the soil that's uh-huh. a big issue. Yeah. So, like in Maine, for example, going back to Sargent, they'll work typically through Thanksgiving. And then after Thanksgiving, they typically lay a large percentage of their workforce off. And they'll be laid off December, January, February, March. And then they start to ramp back up in April, depending on weather. Right. So they typically have three or four months there where they're, quote unquote, laid off. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not a bad thing because most of these people like that. It's like a school teacher with their summer. Oh, yeah. 
And so they go, or especially like Minnesota, they go ice fishing and snowmobiling and they spend time with their families. They get to do all the fun things in the winter. Exactly. the summer. And they make so much money with working so many hours in the summer months because you have to get the work done. You have to get 12 months worth of work done in eight or nine. Yeah. They make so much money that it's okay to take the time off. And that's just the way the industry works. And you can't do a lot of work because... The ground freezes, so you're just digging through essentially concrete when yeah. that happens, which is a waste of time in a lot of cases. Probably uh, you can't, hard on your equipment. Hard on your equipment. You yeah. can't pave because you need to be about 40 degrees when you're paving. Yeah. Concrete, uh, you can pour, but then you have to warm it and it becomes really expensive and really difficult to do. So you're just, you're limited by the temperature and then snow if your whole site gets covered up in a foot of snow you're not plowing your yeah, site. You can't, yeah, you can't do anything. And everything just turns to slop. Right. I so, think around here, like, the only thing we really have ever worried about is when it gets below a certain degree, you can't get in the ditch because the pipe could bust. The pipe could bust. Yeah. 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 There's all sorts of wacky things that start to happen in the cold. Yeah. And then in North American coal, it gets so cold in North Dakota that the equipment just starts to break in weird ways. Oh. And the, the metal will start to become brittle. So they'll have buckets snapping in half and all kinds of weird things that'll happen. That is weird. Because <laughs> it'll be negative 30, negative 40. And, uh, Sounds miserable. It's pretty miserable. Yeah. Pretty hardcore, but they make a lot of money. So I'm they're sure, okay. but uh, I'd, you know, I'll take the, the humidity and hot summers any day over that. So that's, I guess, <laughs> the seasonality of it. Um, it's really typically where places freeze for a long period of time, like a, like a North Dakota or a Montana, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Yeah kind of Chicago area, Maine, the Northeast. But the 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 change I've seen over the past few years is that everybody is so busy and the industry is so constrained that a lot of companies are working through the winter. And there's some companies that are just making it happen regardless of the weather or regardless of the frost or whatever it is. Right. So I haven't seen as many seasonal layoffs over the past two, three years. Because companies want to retain their people. Yeah, they don't want to lose them. Yeah, Yeah. they're going anywhere else. And they have so much work on the books that they just kind of have to work through the winter. And companies like an Amazon are just like, we're just going to pay you to get it done. We don't care if it costs more. Yeah, It is what it is. We need it. Because it costs more to not have it than to pay you to just do it in unideal conditions. Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's the seasonality of it. Yeah. That was a good question. But it depends in your region. If you're not in a place that freezes, it's not seasonal, you work year-round. Yeah. And the seasonality is not always a what everybody wants. I, I don't think the younger people typically want it. I think the older guys really like it. The younger people haven't really gravitated to it as much because you're sitting at home for four months. Yeah. And you're like, so and, what and the hell do I do? And the younger people don't tend to have like money management skills to be able to save. Correct. So that they can live through the winter months without making a paycheck weekly, biweekly, whatever it is their pay schedule is, too. I've learned that that becomes an issue, too. You make all your money in eight months. Yeah. And so if you don't have the money for the the next four months. Yeah. They they make all this money and they go buy like a brand new truck or they go buy a boat boat, in the summer or whatever. Boat will get you. Yeah. And then come winter, they can't make payments or whatever because Mm -hmm. of of the seasonal. Even, Even if they're still working, your hours are typically not even half of what they would be in the summer Yeah, sometimes. And so it's yeah, hard. Exactly. It's a hard lifestyle change. Well, and the, they get so locked the younger. in. You, you have to be educated on it because, yeah, you get locked in on if you're working 75 hours a week. You yeah. Know, you're working 12s, six, seven days a week. Yeah. 12s, 14s, 16s. Depends. I mean, some of the schedules are gnarly. They're insane. Um, 
that's a lot of money every week right that you're taking home a lot of money and then you yeah you essentially maybe work 30 hours in the winter that's a yeah. huge pay cut to them yeah and they just don't know how money management really plays into that when it comes to like winter months i've mm-hmm. i've seen it firsthand and I'm, I'm sure several people have yeah. that have been in the industry yeah so i don't i don't see the seasonal layoffs being the future i think companies are going to have to learn how to even things out throughout the year right. to attract the next generation uh, but I haven't seen it done all that much quite yet. And I'm honestly not all that familiar with even seasonal layoffs because right. it's only in select parts of the country. So let me ask you this. What about like in a place like uh, Washington State where it rains constantly? What does that what does that look like in the industry? Because I'm I'm not familiar with it. Like because I know yeah. here if it rains, you're working in so much dirt that a lot of the time the site will flood or, or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm sure in Phoenix, it's probably similar. In Phoenix, rain rain messes you up very rarely yeah. because even if you get a big monsoon, it dries out so fast. Oh, that's fair. So yeah. you might lose a day. I mean, maybe two maybe, if it's really yeah. bad based on experience. It depends on the site too, but very rarely do you lose any kind of time. Once again, there's all the people that are jealous of people that run construction in Phoenix. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and it rains and you get the day off and you're stoked about it because yeah, it doesn't like, happen yes. very often. Yeah. But in a place like Washington, you'll go full bore when the months are good and when the weather's really good. So just flat out. And then you still work through the winter, but it's just slower and shittier. And it's kind of like it is here. I mean, some weeks you won't work very much. Yeah. So you're still making sense. a lot of your money in the summer months when it's really nice. Yeah. And you're you're still employed typically during the winter, but it's not nearly as busy. You're not working oh, okay. nearly as many hours. Oh. All right. So, yeah, similar to here. I just wasn't sure because, you know, it rains there like however many days out of the year. It's like an insane number. They kind of just deal with the weather up there, though. Like they kind of just work in the rain is based what I've seen. So everybody's just wet and you wear you you wear rain gear up there. So you have your your rain pants, your raincoat and you just go to work. You just keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty gnarly way of life. But every that's the cool thing about construction. It it just varies region to region to region. It's adaptable. It's different everywhere. Yeah. Wherever you work. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's 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 pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. I think th- from a layoff standpoint, what's going to be more interesting is if we do enter a significant decline in the economy, it'll be yeah. interesting to see what the layoffs in the industry look like, because that's what happened in 2008. Right. Was all these companies are running full bore. Tide goes out. They get caught without their swim trunks on. They <laughs> have to go cut uh cut payroll. Right. So they lay a lot of people off. The problem was a lot of those people, they they left construction. They went to other industries. They didn't come back, mm-hmm. which created what we're looking at right now. The people problem. Yeah. Not only did, did their, a lot of their workforce leave, but then they stopped developing people during that time because they were so concerned about survival, rightly mm-hmm. so, but no development during that time period. So not only did demand come back and you didn't have the workforce you had before, but now you had people aging out and you weren't backfilling those people. So that's why we're largely in the problem we're in right now. Yeah, that's why it's all super young. Yeah. People, it's hard to find experienced operators. Yeah. That's one of like the hardest things that we hear from people, but I've also experienced like finding people that know what they're doing because they're all so young because of that. Correct. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah. that that also creates the opportunity for us at the same time. Yeah. And it's going to create the massive opportunity that a lot of these companies need to go not skip a few steps, but leap forward. If a company is locked and loaded right now, 
they're going to be able to pick up a lot of good people. Oh, for sure. It's going to be a really good time to hire. Really good time. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. I don't think we've, let's see if we've had any more submitted while we've been sitting here. Probably not. We can probably call it a podcast. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Yep. Nothing else. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. If you have topics uh, to discuss in future internal episodes, let us know. Write alex at buildwith.com. And with that, thanks for listening. Stay dirty, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye.